Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. For this week's episode, with all 32 teams playing, I'll go through the Week 8 slate and give a thought on each matchup, whether it be for this week or more of a long-term outlook for a particular player. Starting on Thursday night with Buccaneers at Bills, in general, I would like to see more balance from Buffalo's offense. It still feels like too much is on Josh Allen's shoulders more than any quarterback in the league. But with the Bucks being more vulnerable through the air than on the ground, this is a spot where Allen could put up big-time numbers as a passer. Stephon Diggs is obviously a high-end wide receiver one. And I also like Gabe Davis as an upside wide receiver two. And Dalton Cade, who will benefit from Dawson Knox being out of the lineup, should be a definite top 10 play at tight end. And last week he had eight receptions for 75 yards. And I like him to catch his first touchdown this week. So if he's available... I'd recommend picking up the rookie and hoping he can have the big final 10 games of the season. Moving to Sunday first is Texans at Panthers, a battle between Bryce Young and CJ Stroud as the top two picks in the 2023 NFL draft. It'll be interesting to see how the Carolina offense changes with Thomas Brown taking over as a play caller for head coach Frank Reich. And now might be a time to sell high on Adam Thielen. He's been a monster so far this season but could see his target scaled back some if the new-look offense goes with more of a spread-the-wealth approach. And I don't think it'd be a good move to acquire a wide receiver at the deadline, but the Panthers have been rumored to be in the market for one, so I'd at least see what you could get for Thielen if he's made available in trade. But for this week, based on how well he's performed, Thielen is a definite high-end wide receiver too that should be started in all lineups. And looking ahead to 2024 and beyond, I'd want Bryce Young to get a new coaching staff that would better play to his skill set. And now is a good time to buy low on him in Dynasty Leagues. Next up, Rams at Cowboys. Dallas is coming off a bye and got things going through the air in Week 6. That said, the numbers weren't that great for Prescott. He was boosted by a rushing score. And the 272 yards were his most of the season. Through 6 games, he only has 1 game with multiple touchdown passes. But I say all that to point out that C.D. Lamb is perhaps a top by low option available this season. Lamb has produced good numbers despite Dallas having a modest overall passing attack. And we'll see if the 100-yard game in the last outing leads to more success for Lamb coming off the bye. And quickly, the Rams backfield. It's clear that Daryl Henderson Jr. and Royce Freeman are the lead backs. Zach Evans, I don't even think, played a snap last week. And I would say both guys are worth rostering as flex options, including this week where Dallas has been a bit vulnerable on the ground. For Vikings at Packers, Romeo Dobbs had a great highlight touchdown catch in a contested situation with Patrick Sertan II. The targets for Dobbs have decreased over the past couple of games, but hopefully he becomes more of a central part of the offense again, as he was at the end of September with 25 targets in two games. And I really like how the schedule sets up the rest of the way. So Dobbs is a low-end wide receiver two flex option with a big presence in the red zone and the trust of Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur. And for the Vikings, you might have heard on Monday Night Football that Troy Aikman said it seems it's only a matter of time before Cam Akers takes over as a lead back based on what they were hearing. Akers was in to close out the game against the Niners. So keep that in mind. I'd try moving off Alexander Madison and would think about stashing Akers, who was available in quite a few leagues. Staying with the running backs for Saints at Colts, 
I'll focus on the New Orleans backfield. Head coach Dennis Allen said this week that we should see Jamal Williams and Condre Miller more involved as they get healthier. So Alvin Kamara has been a monster, especially in PPR formats, but it sounds like there's a chance it turns into a full-blown committee. Kamara would obviously be the lead guy and get the most valuable work, but we'll have to see how this split turns out and if Derek Carr eventually starts going to check downs other than Kamara. For Patriots at Dolphins, the skill position talent is pretty self-explanatory here. Ramondre Stevenson is probably the only guy you could start with confidence, largely due to the work he sees in the passing game. But for those looking ahead at potential defensive options to invest in, the Dolphins should get Jalen Ramsey back, perhaps as soon as this week. And after taking on the Patriots this week, which is a good matchup, the Chiefs next week in Germany, and then a bye week, the schedule couldn't be much better over the next several games, with Miami taking on the Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, and Jets again, before things get a little tougher over the final three weeks with the Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills. So if you want a defensive option to stash and keep for five games in a row, Miami looks like a very strong candidate. For Jets at Giants, the Battle of New York, fantasy owners should keep an eye on rookie Jalen Hyatt. He caught two passes for 75 yards last week, and over the past two games, his snap percentage has been at 73% and 71%. So the playing time is increasing. The talent is there with tremendous speed. And whether it be Tyrod Taylor, who has a tremendous deep ball, or Daniel Jones under center, New York at least has a capable passer to get the ball to the playmakers, and Hyatt being close to a full-time player could lead to some big weeks down the stretch. For Jaguars at Steelers, I mentioned Christian Kirk last week as someone we expected to have a big game because of the amount of man-to-man coverage New Orleans played. This week, it's easy to see things flipping with him and Calvin Ridley. Ridley has really struggled since the start of the season, had a big game in the opener, but has been relatively quiet since but Sunday feels like a spot where he could emerge and it doesn't seem the preseason expectations will come to fruition for him but the talent is there for Ridley and he's another guy to consider buying low on. For Falcons and Titans we'll probably see Malik Willis under center for Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill out. I guess there's a chance Will Levis plays but I think Willis would give them a better chance to move the ball based on what he can do with his legs He needs to avoid the sacks. I think he absorbed four of them last week in limited action, but that's also a huge flaw for Levis, at least based on what he showed at Kentucky. So for the Titans to scrap some wins together and remain competitive in the AFC South, I'd like to see Willis get a chance to run around and make some plays, but mostly the Titans should feed Derrick Henry, and I would think a trade is possible for Henry if they don't win this week. With teams like the Ravens, or especially if I were them, the Bills, perhaps getting involved, and that'd probably be a better situation for Henry. We saw what a trade did for Christian McCaffrey last year, and the last thing we want is for him to have his workload scaled back down the stretch if Tennessee isn't in contention, especially since that's when Henry usually takes over. For the final early afternoon game, Eagles at Commanders, A.J. Brown is the top wide receiver play for Week 8. He torched Washington for 175 yards and two scores earlier this season. But keep an eye on Devontae Smith. He's been quiet in recent weeks, but they seem to try getting him involved early on Sunday night. 
and the talent level should lead to some bigger games down the stretch. And I feel like we'll get one on Sunday to make him a low-end wide receiver one option. For the late afternoon slate, Browns at Seahawks. It's unclear if DK Metcalf will play after missing last week with a hip injury. But if he does, despite Cleveland, even after a poor performance last week defensively, being stout versus the pass, I could see him against a physical defense rising to the challenge and having a huge day. The thing that always worries me with him is being too aggressive himself and drawing a penalty that could eventually lead to an injection. He even said he's not changing who he is, but Metcalf has been a bit quiet this season, and if he returns on Sunday, I could see him making up for lost time. For Ravens at Cardinals, the Arizona backfield was flipped last week. Keontae Ingram didn't see a touch. Mari DiMercato, who was the third running back two weeks ago, was a lead runner with veteran Damian Williams mixing in. So in a tough matchup versus Baltimore, it's probably best to just avoid the situation altogether until James Conner returns. And Conner could be a decent by-low target. The offense probably has exceeded expectations this season. So with Kyler Murray nearing a return and a very good offensive line, we could see the Cardinals hit their stride offensively in the second half of the year. And for Murray, he's someone that's definitely worth picking up. Probably the top quarterback available in many leagues. Basically, when he's on the field, he's been a very high-scoring option. So if he runs enough coming off the torn ACL, Murray could be a difference maker when he hits the field. For Chiefs at Broncos, a rematch from a game we saw a couple of weeks ago. I recommended Jerry Judy as a start in the first meeting. It didn't work out, and Judy continues to be very quiet. We weren't high on him entering the season and think that Denver's playmakers have been a little overvalued but I think he'll find the end zone on Sunday in a game that should be more high-scoring than the first matchup. Although long-term, I'll mention again Marvin Mims Jr. as someone to invest in with the hopes that Judy or another wideout is traded and the rookie steps into a bigger role in Sean Payne's offense. And one of the biggest games of the week, Bengals at 49ers. San Francisco coming off a tough loss to the Vikings on Monday night, but Christian McCaffrey looked 100% healthy. I'm not sure that he was, or was at least dealing with pain. It was funny to hear the broadcast say that he told Kyle Shanahan he hadn't felt pain in three days, because that probably is something McCaffrey just said, because he wanted to tough it out and not miss a game. He was able to extend his touchdown streak to an NFL record 16 games, and McCaffrey proved whenever he's on the field, he's the overall RB1 and remains a fantasy cheat code. And behind him, it was interesting that Elijah Mitchell was the only running back that saw snaps, but Jordan Mason is worth holding on to for the handcuff appeal in the event that McCaffrey does ever miss time. On Sunday night, it's a surprise it wasn't flexed out, but Bears at Chargers in a matchup between two win teams. Undrafted rookie Tyson Bagent was great in his first career start. He moved the offense and kept things on the track for Chicago. They were able to ride the running game behind Deontay Foreman, and Foreman should be a top 20 option, even if Roshan Johnson returns. But based on how Brandon Staley typically plays opponents, we could see Los Angeles really stack the box and force Baggin to beat them. I know the Chargers typically struggle versus the run, but I think they'll pour resources into stopping it and making the rookie beat Justin Herbert in a shootout. And closing things out the night before Halloween with Raiders at Lions, 
Detroit was destroyed last week in Baltimore. But Jared Goff should be better at home and should be played as a mid-range QB1 option. And if David Montgomery misses another game, rookie Jameer Gibbs, who is coming off a 20-touch performance and his first career touchdown, will arguably be a top five option in half PPR or full PPR leagues. For those who didn't see, I just mentioned Deontay Foreman had a big game last week, and it came against the Raiders, who had big-time struggles bringing down ball carriers. So if that continues on Monday night, Gibbs could go off with the ability to shed arm tackles and the speed to take it the distance on any given touch. So that will conclude this episode. I wanted to quickly go through every game and give a brief thought for each matchup, but you can find our full rankings on wolfsports.com. And as always, we'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. Until next time, I'm Dylan Chapin. This was the Fantasy Conciliary Podcast.